Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The 2020 MLB season will be one like any other that we have seen before. A 60-game sprint in just over two months to decide who will be playing in October in a format that lends itself to the unpredictable. But that's where Greg Peterson comes in. He's got you covered daily, highlighting elements and angles that will be essential to know along with his picks with every single game on every single day. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting podcast with Greg Peterson. Hey everyone, hello. welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, now proudly presented by Book It HQ with Book It HQ. It is the app that's going to change the way that you look at sports betting. It's coming out November 1st, and it's going to be pretty much the social media hub that you've always hoped for with regards to sports betting without some of the extra things like all the politics. You don't have to worry about, oh, I have to sit through a whole bunch of people saying, this is where I was before, and this is now, and oh, this is what Person X wound up having for lunch. They cut all that out. All that they do is give you the information that you need to win bets, to be able to track line moves. So much more is going to be absolutely incredible. You're able to follow all the work that they're doing at Book It HQ. I've got in my hands on this smartphone that I'm holding right now the beta test of this app. I absolutely love it. You guys are going to love it. And hopefully you guys love this podcast today because joining me in the second segment, we're going to have an old buddy, Andrew Cayley of Covers, joining me in the second segment. We're going to be looking at both of these series. Truth be told, we we were recording the interview while the Atlanta Braves were leading the LA Dodgers in game five of that series. It looked like it might be a closeout, and then the Dodgers from there wound up exploding for some runs late in that game. So we're going to be talking to him about game seven of Astros versus Rays. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Atlanta Braves and how they've gotten to a spot in which they're one game away from the World Series and so much more. So we're going to have a great chat there. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys a sign total on both games on the board for Saturday. And something I like to call touch them off first things first, I always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast as well. One of two ways to be able to fire those in. You're able to send those into my Twitter timeline at JarensCordy1 the traditional way. As for usual, don't send those via direct message because the letters seem to me mean doesn't matter. Or you can also send in an Apple Podcast review. Rate this fine podcast five stars and then you're able to get in your question, comment, concern there. And as always, appreciate when you guys do that because by rating this podcast five stars, you help out the exposure of this podcast. You're able to help me do what I do a little bit easier and you're able to allow more people to see, oh, this fine podcast that Greg is putting out there, it must be really, really good. So, always love it when you guys are able to do that. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but what we did get is a pair of games for Saturday because both the teams that had their backs up against the wall in these series were able to win. So, let's take a look at how they were able to do so. Tried to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Astros were able to hang a touchdown up on the 
the Tampa Bay Rays. They get the 7-4 win for the Houston Astros, a team that in the first three games of the series, they just had every single ball that they hit go to the wrong place, exactly where a Tampa Bay Rays fielder was. Well, in this one, they wind up going 3 of 10 with runners in scoring position. They did strain 10 men on base, but if you take a look at the 11 hits that the Houston Astros got, a lot of those were like slow dribblers and everything like that that just found the right hole. And in this one for the Houston Astros, how about Kyle Tucker being able to go off? He wound up having a home run. In the sixth inning, off of rookie Shane McCallan. That is his first of this series, so welcome there for him to the Houston Astros as he was able to do a very good job, actually, at the plate in this one. He had a pair of RBI. You also had George Springer give the team a pair of RBI. Carlos Correa went 3 of 5. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell wound up getting pulled after 4-plus innings. He wound up giving up two runs in the process, but he had walked four, so there were a lot of people that were thinking maybe it wasn't necessarily the right call because from there, Diego Castillo winds up coming in. He winds up giving up two runs in his inning, only one of which was earned, but he certainly was giving up quite a bit of contact. From there, Mr. McAllen winds up giving up that home run to Kyle Tucker in one and two-thirds innings. He gave up three runs, all of which were earned. And then you had Aaron Loop, John Curtis, along with Jose Alvarado, come in and clean up the last two and a third innings. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, their lone offense was really Manuel Margot in this one. A pair of home runs. He winds up going deep in the seventh inning off of Andre Scrub and then in the eighth inning off of Christian Avier. But for the Tampa Bay Rays, they went 0-4 with men in scoring position in game five. In game six, they wind up going 0-4. So that's a combined 0-12 in the last two. So that has not necessarily been ideal for the Tampa Bay Rays as Houston Astros were able to get a very solid start out of Fran Barveldez. Gives up one run over the course of six innings. Punches out nine. As we know, the Tampa Bay Rays very much a free-swinging team. 13 strikeouts for the Rays at the plate. The Astros had nine. Big difference in this one. As from there, Andre Scrub winds up giving up on those home runs. As did Christian Javier. As for Scrub, he wound up going two-thirds of an inning, giving up a run. Javier, he winds up giving up two runs over the course of an inning. But Ryan Presley, who has been used pretty much in every game of this series. I say that jokingly, but not really. He winds up going in inning to be able to get the save there. And for the LA Dodgers, they wound up saving their season. As they actually got outpitched when it comes to a starting pitching perspective. But the Dodgers were able to emerge for a pair of home runs in the 7th and 6th innings to be able to get a 7-3 win over the Atlanta Braves. By the way, now, whenever the roof is open out there at the ballpark in Arlington, now this is across Texas Rangers games and just the postseason in which the Dodgers have been playing against the Padres and the Atlanta Braves, I believe that the over is now 10-2 overall with the roof open. And the roof has to remain open due to COVID guidelines that have been set. I think that this is the MLB's code of conduct. I don't think that this is local restrictions, but it doesn't matter. All we need to know is that the roof has been open throughout this series, and it has led to quite a few runs, as a lot of those runs were driven in by Corey Seager. He winds up going deep not once, but twice for the LA Dodgers on Friday. His third and fourth home runs of the series, and then Will Smith was able to get jiggy with it. He was able to give the team three RBI in this one as well, so that was a very good sign for the team. As for the Atlanta Braves, they wind up being able to get a pair of runs on the board early, but they squandered some early opportunities, going one of nine with runners in scoring position, and they wound up squandering what was a shocking start from A.J. Minter. He winds up going three scoreless innings. He punched out seven. Then from there, the Atlanta Braves had seven total strikeouts over the next six innings. Tyler Madzak gave up a run out of the bullpen. He went one in a third innings. Shane Green, similar stat line. He winds up going four outs. He gives up a run. Will Smith, he wound up giving up two runs. He winds up taking the loss. So, Will Smith was on the winning side and the losing side of this game. I think that that's interesting. Josh Omlin wound up having to mop up the 
final two innings for the Inlander Braves, and then Jacob Webb wind up giving up three runs in an inning as well as for the LA Dodgers. Dustin May was not necessarily sharp in this one. He winds up going two innings. He gave up two runs, one of which was earned. You could tell that with him going in the bullpen and then sort of doing a starter role as well, he just has not been the same, but the bullpen of the Dodgers, which had the best ERA of any out there in the National League, they stepped up in a big way. A combined seven innings, giving up one run. Victor Gonzalez gave up that one run, but Brasuto Gradrall, even Kenley Jansen, Pedro Baez, Joe Kelly, all a scoreless inning, and Blake Tryon, two scoreless innings as he was able to earn the win in this one. And when you take a look at it for the Atlanta Braves, this is a team that is still up by kind of three to two. So that is certainly something that we're going to be talking about with Andrew Kaley. We're also going to be talking to him about game seven between the Astros and the Rays. That is coming up on the other side right here on the Baseball Bank Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, presented now by our good friends at Book It Sports. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson, now powered by Book It HQ. Book It HQ going to be coming your way November 1st. They've got a lot of great things on the horizon. I've got the beta test right now. It's like social media, Twitter, what have you, but it's all based on betting. You don't have to see people like eating their lunch or anything on social media. It's absolutely terrific. You can follow them on Twitter at Book at HQ. And for the sex man, you are able to follow him on Twitter as he does absolutely terrific work with covers. And appropriately enough, his Twitter handles at Covers Kaylee. As it is Andrew Kaylee joining me on the podcast. He does a great job covering the MLB for them. He does a lot when it comes to football, so much more. A man that is based out there in the great country of Canada. And Andrew, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. I am very happy to be back, Greg. Thanks for having me. And I am happy that we are going to be getting some baseball on Saturday as it looked like we may or may not be getting some, but the Houston Astros become the first team since the 2004 Boston Red Sox to be able to force a Game 7. They wind up taking down the Tampa Bay Rays, and I can tell you right now, when the Houston Astros got down 3-0, to zero, I thought that that was the kibosh. I thought there was no way that they'd be able to claw their way back. They wind up getting a win in Game 5 with Luis Garcia starting. And then game six, they wind up putting seven runs up on the board. And it right now just feels like it's a series of regression because in those first three games that the Astros lost, they stranded either 10 or 11 men on base in every one of them. And then you saw in game six, just every little like dribbler kept getting through and they were just generating runs left, right, and sideways based on small ball. It's been an interesting couple of days of baseball. That's for sure. If you had told me that we were going to have baseball on Saturday to start, at least at the start of the day, I would have bet that we'd be watching the Braves and Dodgers and not the Rays and Astros. But here we are. Like you said, uh, a bit of a return to the mean. Astros are a talented hitting team and the Rays aren't. If they don't hit for a good average, they haven't hit for a good average all year. And if the Astros are able to put up runs out of them, they're not really built to come back. They want to get those couple of runs here and a couple of runs there and then just protect that lead with that bullpen. And that hasn't been the case. It was interesting in game six to see. Obviously, the Rays are a very analytical team. But Cash has done a pretty good job of mixing that, I've found, with like having a feel for the game. I thought, personally, he yanked Snell a little early in this one. I know there was two runners on, and Castillo has been their best reliever to this point. 
Obviously, he doesn't know that Castillo is not going to come in with his best stuff, but Snell was clearly upset to be pulled from the game, and then they lost the lead. So I don't know. Hey, like they say, they always say anything can happen in Game 7. I'm guessing it's going to be McCullers versus Morton, and I bet you that everyone will be available for the Rays for the most part. I don't know who's going to be available for the Astros. I've been impressed for the most part with that bullpen, which was not very good in the regular season. They've managed to put all these innings together. I agree with you, and as I'm seeing it right now, it is Lance McCullers versus Charlie Morton, and as I'm seeing it right now, raised between a minus 120, minus 125 favorite, as we do have Andrew Cayley of Covers joining me on the podcast, and I'm not sure how you play this at this point, because, I mean, to have a team down 3-0 to zero with all that's went on with the Astros, a team that, during the regular season, mind you, had a losing record be one game away from the World Series. I mean, it's 2020 in a nutshell. We've got a total on this game of eight. It is absolutely ridiculous what we're seeing right now. I almost think that you almost have to take a look at the over just because with Charlie Morton, he is someone that he hasn't been quite the same pitcher that he was during the 2019 season. And for Lance McCullers, he certainly is up and down. And like you said, we just don't know who's going to be coming out of the bullpen for that matter for either of these teams. Yeah, McCullers gets a lot of strikeouts. He struck out, I think, 11 in game two. But that's what the Rays do. They strike out a lot and <laughs> they still hit a lot of homers. Like they hit another couple home runs and he's been susceptible to that. So I honestly have no idea how to wager this game. I'll probably take the Rays just because I have faith that they're the better team. <laughs> I think I'll probably look at the under first five as well. Morton, he doesn't go much more than five innings now, but his five innings the last couple of times have been pretty solid, and McCullers will probably rack up a bunch of strikeouts again. So I'll probably look at the under first five. Another thing I'll probably look at is something I've been betting all postseason long, and that's uh, Randy Rosarena's total bases over. It's usually set at one and a half at most books, and you've been getting plus money. He didn't hit it, which is too bad. He was on deck in the bottom of the ninth. I was really hoping he'd get one more at bat, but before he had cashed more than at least two total bases in 10 of his 12 postseason games. And what's interesting about the Tampa Bay Rays as well is that I feel like there might now be a little bit of regression with their inning as well. I mentioned how the Houston Astros had been scuffling a little bit with men in scoring position, everything like that. Tampa Bay Rays over the last two games, I believe that they're 0 for 12 with runners in scoring (laughs) position. Now, Manuel Margot was able to give the team two home runs in game six, but it feels like it's Mr. Randy Orozarena, Manuel Margot, and then everyone else. Well, they're just not hitting well. Joey Wendell, Willie Adamas, Mark Brasso, Austin Meadows, Yandy Diaz. What do these guys all have in common? Well, they're hitting a buck 54 or lower for the series. <laughs> I do think that that's a little bit of a part of it because I mentioned it at the top. You felt like the Houston Astros eventually were going to break through. I feel like that's sort of the case for the Tampa Bay Rays in this game. I wonder if maybe Kiermaier is more hurt than they're letting on because he's obviously not a great hitter, but just he's definitely a spark plug for that team and maybe getting him back in the lineup can ignite them in some way. He's obviously a leader for them and I don't know what the feeling is to be up 3-0 and then to lose three straight. Like they're breathing a little tight and the collar feels tight and you can see they were getting frustrated with Valdez for a little while. Zanito breaking his bat there. It's tight around the chest for these guys right now so they're going to need some sort of motivation or some sort of push to help get them 
positive again. But like you said, baseball, it's a game of ups and downs like that. So 0 for 12 is bad, but it's probably not what's going to stay the same the whole time. So maybe they get something back here. I'd like to see them put G-Man Choi back in the game, no matter who's starting. I know that Cash loves playing the splits. He didn't start because there was a lefty on the mound, but... I don't know. He just seems to come up with a clutch hit every now and then, and I'd like to see him in there more often. And I just want to see him have another bat flip on his home run like he did in Game 5. G-Man Joy is just fun to watch. We do have a man that's fun to talk to, Andrew Cayley, joining me right here on the podcast. And Andrew, it seems like whoever wins Game 7 going to be taking on the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Now, truth be told, as we're doing this podcast, Game 5 of the NLCS between the Bravos and the Dodgers is currently going on, but I've got to tell you right now, I thought that there was no way humanly possible the Atlanta Braves would keep up the stellar pitching that they had in the first two series, and I was right because there was that 11-run <laughs> first inning that the Dodgers had in Game 3, but, I mean, we're just taking a look at these guys. Bryce Wilson gave the team six strong in Game 5. In Game 6, A.J. Minter goes in. He punches out seven and three innings. I'm thinking that this is the first time that A.J. Minter wound up being able to punch out seven guys since Bill Walton was playing college <laughs> basketball at UCLA. I mean, that's how long it's been. But I, mean, what have you made out of the Atlanta Braves? Because we knew the lineup was good. You knew the bullpen was solid. My question was, guys, essentially three through five in the starting rotation. It turned out Minter and Wilson would be guys number four and five. And... I never expected this. I'm 100% on the same pages. Even when they were down 2 nothing, seeing them score those seven runs from the seventh inning on, almost taking t- game two, they looked like they're like, okay, we're still a good team. We're still motivated. We can do this. We obviously know we're good enough to do this. And then they come out and obviously crush the Braves in game three. That was my thing, that going into game three. They were starting Kyle Wright in that game. I was like, okay, Kyle Wright, he had a good start against the Marlins, but like the Marlins were a fun story, but it's still the Marlins. <laughs> and then, you know, like, oh, say, okay, so they're coming back with Bryce Wilson against Clayton Kershaw in game four. Well, the series is going to be all tied up. Like, that's just how I thought it was. My thought was, where are they going to get the starting pitching from? And while the bullpen has been good, like when you have to tax them as much as I expected them to be taxed, I thought there was going to be some cracks there that was going to be exposed by a very deep and talented Dodger team. But they haven't had that opportunity because they keep getting these guys. I I keep waiting for the Braves to start having bad performances, and they're just not at this point. As we speak, the Braves are leading, and they're a solid bunch with a great lineup, and we'll be looking at another October Dodgers collapse. And if we would get the Braves in the World Series, which it seems like we will right now, who do you think that they match up better against between the Houston Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays? Because I do think it's so intriguing with the Astros. You've got the guys that have been there, done that. Jose Altuve, George Springer, who seem to be getting hot at just the right time. Meanwhile, with the Tampa Bay Rays, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The bullpen is a little bit deeper. You've got a former Cy Young winner in Blake Snell. So I think it's going to cause for a very interesting World Series regardless, especially given the fact that you wound up having the Atlanta Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays actually play quite a few games during the regular season if that winds up being the matchup. Yeah, I think the Braves still prefer to play the Astros. They have a similar makeup, both these teams. They obviously both have good lineups. They both don't have a whole bunch of depth in starting pitching. And both bullpens have been good. I just think they think that the Astros bullpen is going to catch up to them after having to play all of these. Like this is a, an interesting scenario this year where they keep playing every single day and no days off. And like, obviously they'll be off till Tuesday for the world series, but it's still a lot of innings on a bunch of arms that 
aren't used to pitching this many days. Presley for the Astros now has pitched three straight days, I believe, and they'll probably ask him to pitch again in Game 7. So I think they think they probably match up better in that way. They obviously have an edge in lineups over the Rays, but the Rays probably have the edge in pitching, more depth in starting, and more arms in that bullpen. And Kevin Cash is more creative in the ways in which he uses them. I think the Rays probably have the managerial advantage in that one. Whereas, like, I think Dusty's a good manager still, and he's definitely this old rah-rah kind of baseball guy, but he's got a pretty easy job when it comes to, like, okay, here's my lineup. I'm going to go out there and look Grinky in the eye. And if he says he's good, he's good. Like, he's definitely more of an old school guy. I think the Rays have the edge there, at least in terms of, like, new school managing. (laughs) Oh, I am right there with you. It is going to be very fun to see what all happens in the World Series. And, Andrew, you've been covering baseball every step of the way. I was about to say MLB, but as we know, you were on this podcast talking KBO with me earlier in the summer. It has been just an absolutely wild and crazy year, but I know that you do a little bit of everything when it comes to cover when it comes to covers because you do just all forms of baseball for them. You also have been doing quite a bit when it comes to the football season. You've been getting ramped up there. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working uh, on. In you general. can find me on social media at covers underscore Kaylee. I post a bunch of baseball plays all the time, college football plays, but I'm going to say fade me in college football head with all of the games getting canceled and teams not practicing and players not there and just all of the craziness with COVID-19. For me personally, it has been a very difficult thing to cap. So if you see any of my college football plays on Twitter right now, I'm going to say, go ahead and fade me. <laughs> Other than that, you'll see a lot of NFL player props for me as well. And you can find all of that on covers.com. And as you can tell, honesty is something that Andrew does not lack. And that's something that we like on this podcast. And Andrew does an absolutely terrific job with a little bit of everything for covers. So big thanks to Andrew Cayley for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast, powered by Book and Sports HQ. Now it is that time podcast coming up next. Didn't know whether I would say this or not at the beginning of Friday, but we're going to be able to say it that I give you a sign total on every game on the Saturday MLB betting board. It's something I like to call Touch Them All. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, presented by Book It Sports, the app that is going to be coming your way November 1st. Think about just the most awesome social media site that you could think of only it's for betting and betting only that's exactly what book it sports is going to be the app launches everywhere november 1st i can tell you right now wound up downloading the beta test yesterday for it i am very impressed so you want to be on the lookout for that and you always want to be on the lookout for the work that andrew kaylee does so big thanks everyone for joining me in the last segment now it is that time the podcast they give you a sign total on both games on the mlb betting board and something i like to call touch them all if a game is listed on the betting board greg has a side and a total on it so it is time to touch them all do note that as per usual any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my twitter feed at gnrs41 I had no idea if we were going to be getting two games for today, one game, or zero games. But with both teams that were having their backs up against the wall winning yesterday, we do have a pair of games, so that is spectacular. And hopefully this will be a spectacular slate for us today as it begins with 905-906 on the betting board. The Atlanta Braves are going to be playing against the LA Dodgers out there in the great state of Texas, Arlington to be more specific as 
It is Max Freed who's going to be going for the Bravos. Meanwhile, Walker Bueller is on the bump for the Dodgers. If you're looking at the Dodgers, playing anywhere between minus 144 and minus 150, your plus price here with the Atlanta Braves. Anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135 total is 8. With the 8, the over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120, and the under is anywhere between even a minus 105. Seeing a straight 8.5 out there at the Westgate, that under is just a minus 120, and the over is even. And with Max Freed, this guy has just been absolutely terrific all year long. He's given up more than three runs in just one of his starts between regular season and postseason. I will say that that one start did wind up coming in the postseason, but I have a lot of faith that he's going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. He's given up a combined four home runs between the regular season and the postseason. He has been able to do a terrific job there. And with Walker Buehler, this is someone that has, during the postseason, been very interesting to say the least because you take a look at his three starts. He went four innings against the Brewers, four innings against the Padres, and five innings against the Atlanta Braves. He wound up giving up a combined four runs in those starts, but he also gave up a combined 11 walks across 13 innings. I mean, when you have a walk rate of more than seven per nine innings, and you have an ERA that is south of two in those starts, that is something interesting. Now, I will say, in each of those three starts, at least seven strikeouts in every one of them, so that's all, but He's also given up two home runs in those starts as well. So I take a look at Walker Buehler. I'm not necessarily impressed, even though the ERA during the postseason has been solid. He was a guy that was battling injuries during the regular season. And when you take a look at the Dodgers in general, it was all hands on deck for this team in Game 5 to be able to extend this series. They wound up only getting two innings out of Dustin May. So Blake Tryon had to go two innings. And I will say, for everyone that came out of the Dodgers bullpen, this needs to be stated, they all threw 19 pitches or fewer. So Kenley Jan he came out of the bullpen, obviously. We know the trials and tribulations that he's had recently. Bursuter Gratterall wound up coming in for his second straight day. He may or may not be available. Pedro Baez, even if he is available, that's going to be a little bit of an interesting situation. And for the LA Dodgers, this is a lineup that all of a sudden has been able to come alive with the bats in. It's being spearheaded by Corey Seager. Two home runs in the team's win on Friday. So he's got four in the series. He's hitting a 400. Justin Turner down for what? He's just consistent. Hasn't necessarily had a lot of power the last couple years, but He's hitting a 300. Kike Hernandez has been able to do something in this series along Jack Peterson. Jack Peterson, a guy that wound up hitting right around the Mendoza line during the regular season, actually below that, but you need a little bit more out of Will Smith. 150 batting average, 150 on base during the regular season. He had a 400 on base. He absolutely exploded in the last game of that series against the San Diego Padres, so you know he's capable. And for Mookie Betts, finally got online yesterday, 2 of 4 in that game against the Atlanta Braves. I expect more of the same, but when you take a look at this Atlanta Braves lineup, Travis Aaron has had a little bit of a tough time of it in this postseason, but he wound up having two RBI for the team yesterday. That's something that you do like to see because the other guys that wound up hitting a 315 or greater for this team during the regular season, that'd be Freddie Freeman and Marcel Azuna. They both have been rock solid. Freddie Freeman, 524 on base percentage in this series overall for the postseason. He has been rock solid. Marcel Azuna, he had a pair of home runs in game four. Ronald Cunha Jr., he didn't necessarily look like himself. Maybe it was due to the injury that he sustained in game four, but he's hitting just a buck 76 for the series, but we all know what he's capable of. Ozzy Albies has been terrific in this series, and towards the end of the regular season, he wound up being able to emerge as well. You need a little bit more out of Austin Riley, but Christian Pache has been able to do a good job being able to fill in for Adam Duvall, a guy that wound up hitting 16 home runs during the regular season. And for the Atlanta Braves, obviously A.J. Minter is not going to be able to be used in this spot. Shane Green has been used up quite a bit. He was thrown for 25 pitches. You also had to use Jacob Webb for 25 
five pitches. So you're going to need to get the full six innings out of Max Fried in this situation because with the Atlanta Braves, you still have a couple trustworthy guys that are out there in the bullpen. I'm talking about Chris Martin, Mark Melanson, Darren O'Day, but this is someone in Max Fried that he typically goes right around five or six innings. He never necessarily emerges for a whole bunch of innings and he's far from the world's greatest swing and miss guy, but he's been doing a great job of just being able to not put men on base cheaply. 68 strikeouts over the course of about 73 innings, but only 21 walks as well, so command has been there all year long for Max Fried. I think that this is going to be a closeout game for the Atlanta Braves. We've just seen it time and time again from the Dodgers. They have not been able to close it out. I think that their backs are going to be up against the wall once again with just having to use as many bullpen arms as they did in Game 5. They were able to get the win, but at what cost? Both of these offenses, top two in the National League when it came to both runs and home runs per game. Also in the top two when it comes to bullpen ERA, but with having no days off in this postseason, I think it's going to lend itself to runs. And with the roof open in Arlington, we saw it between this series along with the previous NLDS and Texas Rangers home games in general. Over has been hitting at over an 80% clip, so we are going to be riding that trend with the over, and I'm going to be taking the Atlanta Braves to be able to win as an underdog. And then we move on to 907-908 on the betting board. Tampa Bay Rays are going to be playing against the Houston Astros out there in lovely San Diego as you've got Lance McCullers who's going to be going for the Strohs. Meanwhile, Charlie Morton is going to be on the bump for the Rays. If you're looking at the Rays, you're laying anywhere between minus 116 and minus 120. Meanwhile, with the Astros, anywhere between even money and plus 110, drawing this game is pretty much 8 across the board. Seeing one under juice of minus 120 and the overs even, but pretty much everywhere aside from Bookmaker where you've got that under juice of minus 120, it is minus 110 on both the over and the under. And with Charlie Morton, he's been someone that has been pretty solid for the Tampa Bay Rays recently. He was dealing with some injuries earlier during the year, but you take a look at what he's been able to do over his last five starts. Three earned runs or fewer in every one of them. Now, there was a couple starts in which he gave up a couple unearned runs, but by and large, he's been able to do a great job with the command. He's only given up six walks across his last five starts, but I will say this. He's either went four and a third or five innings in all those starts as well, so not necessarily a ton of length, and we were talking about it with our good buddy Andrew Cayley. If you're looking for the deeper bullpen, no offense or buts about it. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, they did have to use up quite a few arms in their loss yesterday, but Peter Fairbanks is still going to be able to give this team a little bit of something. You're able to rely upon someone like an Aaron Slaggers as well. These are guys that are able to come out of the bullpen. They're able to do something, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Tampa Bay Rays maybe look to someone like a Ryan Yarbrough for an inning or so. Kevin Cash is very crafty with the way that he's able to utilize all of his pieces, so I am certainly taking a look at that. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, you got to take a look at Manuel Margot and Randy Arozarena. Both of these guys have three home runs in this series. You really haven't seen anyone else be able to bust out for this team. Hunter Renfro hitting right around 222. That's actually better than his regular season average, but William Adams, Joy Wendell, Yandy Diaz, Mark Brasso, all these guys hitting a buck 54 or lower. Yoshi Satsugo has been able to do a solid job, and G-Man Choi, whenever you get the right matchup, he has been able to be a rock solid guy as well, but then you take a look at the Houston Astros. You do have more experience when it comes to lineup. Jose Altuve hitting a 455 in this series. He certainly has been able to emerge in this postseason. He's also got five home runs. That's how many he had during the regular season. Carlos Correa, he's got six home runs this postseason. He had five home runs during the regular season. Now, I will point this out with Altuve. Obviously, he had some injuries during the regular season, but then you've got Mr. October, George Springer. He's been able to give the team four home runs so far in this postseason. He's been able to do a good job of being able to get on base himself, so I do think that there are runs to be had, and Aledmi's Diaz under the radar, hitting a 455 in this series. Michael Brandt 
Brantley's hitting at 350, but when you take a look at the Houston Astros as well, this is a team that they've had to go to Ryan Presley time and time again. Now, he only threw nine pitches yesterday, but with that said, you also had to burn up Christian Javier. He's been really the long relief stopper guy for the Houston Astros, so not having him available I think is going to hurt this team. Josh James is a little bit erratic, and we've noticed that Inoli Paredes has been up and down in this postseason. He was absolutely terrific in that series against the Oakland A's. He's given up four runs in this series against the Tampa Bay Rays. I just think that the Houston Astros bullpen is going to wind up nipping them in the tuckus. I just think that the Rays, even though they've lost three straight games, are going to be able to get themselves up off the mat. This is a team that they play like every single game is Game 7, so they're going to be able to match the intensity that you know that the Houston Astros are playing with. I think that a big reason why Houston has been able to make it this far is just them taking this us-against-the-world mentality, but I think that the Tampa Bay Rays, they're going to be just rah-rahing because I think that Kevin Cash is going to be able to get it in their heads that, you know what, you guys need to win this game. I think that it's going to be an absolutely spectacular Game 7. I think that it's going to be quite high scoring. I think that Lance McCullers is going to wind up giving up a couple runs here because with Lance McCullers, he's a little bit of a feast or famine pitcher, and it's a little bit interesting to say that, but when you dive into it a little bit further, this is a guy that, over the course of his last five starts, has given up four runs, five runs, zero runs, four runs, and zero runs. Now, I will say, he has been hurt because over the course of his last four starts, he has given up seven unearned runs, but that also speaks to the fielding of the Houston Astros, and we know this with the Tampa Bay Rays. We saw it in those first couple games in which the Astros were straining just an army of men on base. The fielding has been so much better for them in this series, and for Lance McCullers, he's given up a combined five home runs in his last two starts. He's gotten 16 punch-outs in those last two starts, which have gone a combined 11 innings and just one walk, but you still take a look at the hard contact that he's given up and the way that both Arena and Margot have been having. I mean, even if it's just these two guys, I think that they're going to be able to generate enough runs to be able to push this total over. I think that the Rays ultimately get to their second World Series in franchise history. So, going to be going with the Rays and the over in this spot, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Saturday. Big thanks to Andrew Cayley of Covers for joining me in the last segment, and a big thanks to Book at HQ, the new proud sponsor of this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you're able to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for this podcast, you can either fire that into my Twitter timeline at Jaren's41, or also send in an Apple Podcast review, rate this podcast five stars, and leave your question, comment, concern there. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 